imagination, hustle, and technological prowess converges with nature, environmental stewardship, and social impact to drive industry specializations that are globally relevant, highly specialized, and that advance humanity. And I don't think there's any other place on the planet that integrates nature like we do, that inculcates that environmental stewardship, and that interpolates social impact into everything that we do. And that is a hallmark of what makes this place so special. Welcome to Clean Tech Forward, a foresight podcast where we explore clean tech customers, capital, and Canada's path to net zero. Tune in to learn more about Canada's most exciting clean tech startups, industry success stories, investor insights, and academic initiatives as we accelerate the growth and impact of clean tech together. Welcome to Clean Tech Forward. I'm Jeanette Jackson, CEO of Foresight Canada. Today, I'm joined by David Plax, the president of Invest Vancouver. Invest Vancouver is Metro Vancouver's regional economic development leadership service. They work to advance economic development and opportunity in the Metro Vancouver region by attracting strategic investment, fostering collaboration, and conducting economic research and policy analysis. This Clean Tech Forward podcast is supported by Gowling WLG, a global leader in intellectual property law. Gowling WLG works alongside Canadian clean tech companies to develop IP strategies that maximize business opportunities and increase market share while protecting valuable innovation. From idea to investment to international expansion, Gowling WLG understands the potential of your intellectual property at every stage of growth. Visit GowlingWLG.com backslash cleantech to learn how they can support your business today. David, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Jeanette, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to engaging in what I hope will be a rich, deep, and thoughtful conversation, discussion, and dialogue about Invest Vancouver and some of our broader aspirations and goals for the Metro Vancouver region. Tell us about your role at Invest Vancouver, your first year on the job. How is it going, and how do you see yourself in the role today? Well, it's been a very uh, fecund year. We've been highly productive. And I think we laid the groundwork uh, for what's to come. And and this year and and future years will all be about execution. As you intimated in your opening, Invest Vancouver has set itself up as the region's economic development leadership service, providing regional scale and perspective in a globotics economy where that level of scale and perspective matters if we're going to compete against the Shenzhen's, Mumbai's, Tokyo's, Taipei's, Seoul's, and London's of the world, which have mega-regional scale organically or innately. Our overarching vision or purpose is to advance equitable opportunity and more broadly shared prosperity for all the residents of the Metro Vancouver region in a fast-evolving economy that, as we both know, is changing the nature of work, the organization of firms, the value placed on work, and unfortunately, the need for work itself as this economy quickly transitions from one that has in the past been characterized by labor 
being the primary factor of production, anchor of value creation and capture, to one where now IP, capital, knowledge, and other intangible assets are now the primary factors or anchors. And we've, through the course of the year, identified four major strategic economic prosperity priorities that we believe the region must reinforce, embrace, and coalesce around to further develop, strengthen, and grow this economy. They're in the areas of investing in our human capital, catalyzing innovation and entrepreneurship so that we're not only strengthening our existing industries, but also uh, creating new ones that we don't even know about today by further building capacity in those industries, whether they're emerging or mature, in which we have productive or strategic advantages against other global regions or nations for that matter. And finally, by increasing our global connectedness and opening up new markets through trade facilitation, export assistance programs and services, by increasing the number of export-ready firms, and of course, by attracting more foreign direct investment into our region within those industries, once again, in which we have those productive or strategic advantages. And we have three functional areas that, that allow us to advance those strategic priorities, which again, achieve our overarching noble purpose or or vision for this region. I think that makes absolute sense. To say that that's comprehensive would be an understatement. I also love that you reflected on the reality that Metro Vancouver is very much a service-based business. In fact, VC Tech recently did a report late last year where they highlighted that a lot of the service-based work, high-paying jobs, engineers, service firms that are helping not only transition the clean tech space, but also health tech, digital tech, a lot of that is not reflected in our province's GDP and our global positioning. And so to see that you're spearheading some efforts that can really showcase we're not just about uh, mining and forestry that there is some impeccable talent here that the rest of the world can really benefit from. And as a province and region, we can really capitalize on that. Something else that I think is super important is that Metro Vancouver is a collective of smaller communities. And there's no need for us communities to be fighting against each other. We need to come together and respect that each of our respective communities, whether it's Port Moody, Vancouver, Burnaby, we all have special skills and competencies even within those subregions. There's hubs that have sort of come out naturally, whether you call them clusters or, or hubs of excellence in specific areas, and to see that there's now an organization that can consolidate and do that global positioning to attract that federal direct investment is really exciting. And obviously, I'm a bit biased having had the opportunity to support uh, some of the efforts at Invest Vancouver over the last year as well. It's a, and they're super points. And, and that's the importance. We need to hunt like a pack because we don't have enough scale individually to compete uh, on a global level. So it's important that we come together. And as we are marketing and promoting this region, each of the different localities bring something else to the table. So maybe we're, we're looking at a biopharmaceuticals company uh, and it's, it's North American headquarters wants to come in this region. Well, it may domicile its actual physical headquarters or office space in downtown Vancouver. But biopharmaceuticals being a production-based industry needs 
manufacturing space. So that might go in a place like Surrey, where there's available spaces. It also needs R&D capabilities. So they may domicile that or locate that spatially near some of our world-leading research universities and institutions. So you get the point. There's much more that we can bring to the table if we come together and coalesce as a region. Collaboration is the word of the year. It really is actually what's defining foresight, you know, three-year strategic plan. And I think we're seeing collaboration is really part of all of these different organizations' plans. It has to be. Like you said, we need to come together to compete on a global scale. So how are you finding it here so far? And what are some of the differences that you see running an organization in LA versus running an organization here in the lower mainland of British Columbia? Well, certainly uh, there's a scale issue. Uh, LA is probably a, a $1 trillion gross regional product economy. And the Metro Vancouver region is closer to $150 billion. But this is an incredibly exciting place with so much percolating here. And before I got up here, I thought that, you know, this is probably just uh, a scaled down, less mature version of LA. We have a lot of the same industrial competencies, concentrations, and specializations in every Everything from green economy to advanced transportation to biopharmaceuticals and medical devices to digital media and entertainment and, of course, trade and logistics. But it is a very different place. And L.A. tends to be, in terms of its, its industrial capacity building, and, and I'm not saying this in a, in a derogatory way, but it tends to be much more mercenary about it. Where here, I think what is the, the secret sauce, the, the differentiator, what makes this place special when I look at Metro Vancouver is that it is the place where imagination, hustle, and technological prowess converges with nature environmental stewardship and social impact to drive industry specializations that are globally relevant, highly specialized, and that advance humanity. And I don't think there's any other place on the planet that integrates nature like we do, that inculcates that environmental stewardship, and that interpolates social impact into everything that we do. And that is a hallmark of what makes this place so special. Well, I almost have tears to my eyes because living in Vancouver for the last uh, 25 years or so, I moved here from Ontario. I couldn't agree more when I travel for business or pleasure. I love coming home, the landscape, the communities, the work-life balance, although uh, I'm a workaholic, so sometimes I forget the (laughs) life balance part, (laughs) but it's a work in progress, I think, for many of us. It is. It's such an exciting place. And and just that we pull and and draw from so many different uh, specializations and industrial themes. Uh, You know, the best days are ahead of us, no doubt. I mean, you really wrote the segue for me to lean in on some of the efforts that Invest Vancouver is taking on the clean tech and climate space. Hmm. So what are some of Invest Vancouver's interests and priorities for clean tech? We start with economic research and, and data and predictive analytics and uh, applied policy analysis as being the fulcrum or locus of all of our downstream activities. We believe that it's incredibly important in a highly sophisticated 
postmodern digitized economy to truly understand your economy, to understand its industrial specializations, the associated labor markets, the occupational competency skills and categories and other parts that are associated with those labor markets. And most importantly, the assets, value propositions, and gaps that are part of those industries. No longer are we willing to only accept economic contributions of industries, right? X X industry adds Y billions of dollars to in output to the regional economy. Instead, we need to start to gain an understanding of what's happening within the networks that are driving these different industries. And clean tech is no different because clean tech, unlike more traditional industries, right, like automotive, aerospace, uh, digital media, entertainment, trade and logistics, there is no consensus definition for, for clean technology or the green economy industry, right? There is no artificial balkanized categorization of clean technology, right? So beyond the general themes around renewable energy, clean transportation, green buildings, water conservation and management technology and waste management and the circular economy, Clean technology has adjacencies with and touches every single industry in our economy, right? It's going to be have to become a major part of their operating plans, their business models, their revenue generation strategies, et cetera. If they're not going to be clean or green, they're not going to be much here much longer. And so it requires us to really understand where do those specializations lie here in this region. So once we get the un, an understanding of the different specializations we have across these di- different industry sectors. So for example, are we working to reduce the ecological impact of our Web3 industry? Think about Bitcoin mining. Are we looking to uh, minimize the environmental impacts of our traditional agriculture sector through next generation agritech? Are we looking to reduce the carbon footprint of our traditional film and production industry here in the Metro Vancouver region? Once we start to identify and discern those specializations, well, then and only then can we develop a strategic plan for building further capacity in these different clean tech areas with aspirational goals, objectives, implementation actions, responsible parties, budgets, and most importantly, transparent measurements for success to hold us all accountable. So the first step for us is to conduct that requisite economic research, that data and predictive analytics and that applied policy analysis so we can understand what's really happening within the networks and and, uh, relationships that are driving this clean tech industry here in the Metro Vancouver region. So understanding how these networks work along different inputs or factors of production, such as capital, labor, physical spaces, public policy, right? Administrative law policies, rulemaking, all those different things so that we understand, for example, how is capital accessed here? Is it coming intra-regionally, nationally, internationally? How is it being formed? How is it being syndicated? How is it being recycled post-exit? Same thing with labor, 
What does the labor catchment areas look like? What special occupational specializations do we have? Are we undersaturating the market in clean tech related occupations that are contracting or going away? And similarly, are we oversaturating the market in clean tech occupations that are contracting and going away? And similarly, are we undersaturating the market in occupations that represent drivers of our clean tech specializations here? So once we gain that uh, assessment of the industry, then we pull plan on working with organizations like Foresight and your team and your member stakeholders to deploy and align assets in a way that's more conducive for strengthening and growing this industry and filling any gaps along the value chain continuums associated with our clean tech industry. It makes absolute sense to me. We take a very ecosystem-centric approach to even supporting the innovation community here in the province, ensuring that investors, academia, government, and of course, industry adopters are supporting the ideation of new innovation that can help these different industries reach their net zero climate targets. And you're responsible for a much more macro level of approach, because like you said, sustainability, I've been talking to some folks in the healthcare space who are recognizing that there are some elements of climate change that are going to impact the overall quality of health of various communities. Uh, we're talking about digital. The overlap on the Venn diagram between digital and clean tech continues to get greater because Many industry players are saying, look, we need to understand exactly where the problems exist, what's causing the problems, and then we can be more effective in developing solutions that help those problems go away. Again, all with that net zero transition framework uh, front and center. Let's dig in quickly to one of the first clean tech areas that you're focusing on at Invest Vancouver, clean sure. transportation. Some amazing reports. There are 60 firms, 2,800 employees, and $2.6 billion has been invested since 2017. We obviously have folks like Ballard, Corvus Energy, Damon Motorcycles. There's so many we can list off here. What are your tangible hopes for digging in deep with clean transportation when it comes to attracting FDI and all the other work that you're doing? Well, again, we need to play to our industrial strengths, our, our concentrations, our, our key competencies and, and productive and, and strategic advantages over other regions. And we know that one area in which we have significant productive or strategic advantages over other economic regions is in hydrogen. Uh, and certainly we, we've developed a, a great deal of specialization over the last few decades. And of course, that has been led by Ballard. Uh, and finally, the broader macro market has caught up with our specializations, but we are facing a few intrinsic challenges here. And most notably, and, and these were identified in, in our report through a lot of uh, a number of interviews. I think we did over uh, two dozen interviews with leaders from uh, our clean transportation industry. And one of the most prominent challenges or constriction points we're facing is the availability of physical spaces. So light and heavy industrial, right? We forget that clean tech isn't just an R&D industry, but it's a production-based industry. And so that demands physical spaces. And without those physical spaces, we are going to lose 
those production-based, i.e. manufacturing capacity seller regions. And we already know of a few instances where the manufacturing capacity has moved south of the border to places like Arizona or the southeastern portion of the United States. And once you lose that manufacturing it's not too long before you lose other specializations, right? Your R&D and then eventually your headquarters. So it's very dangerous right now. We're at a quote-unquote inflection point, And we really need to do more to provide this industry with the, the requisite physical spaces that it needs along the entire product service value chains associated with these industries, right? Because that space supports also a lot of R&D and, and pilot projects and things like that. And, and another area where we identified some pain points is in permitting. And in particular, we need to issue permits in a much more expedited fashion. Uh, we all know the saying that time is money. And in this industry, <laughs> you know, it, it is no different. Uh, and permits take an awfully long time here. Uh, so we get, need to figure out a way to streamline and modernize uh, the permitting process. And we'll be looking into some best management practices across the globe for how other economic regions that are, are similarly built, like Metro Vancouver, have done a good job at, at streamlining their processes. Space and uh, permits are certainly two of the top areas that the ventures that we support talk about, you know, especially when they get to a point of scale. And I know the province did a first sort of manufacturing setup project in 2021 where ventures could apply to set up manufacturing facilities. But even within communities, there really isn't a lot of industrial type space. And on the permitting side, Interestingly enough, uh, a lot of ventures will say capital, 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 but if they have a customer that's willing to pay for a pilot, but yet they can't get permits, then we're delaying that capital infusion into this venture to continue to validate its technology and scale and become a, a true competitive global concern. And that's the point. We, you know, we're examining again the, the value chains that associate with this industry, and we are identifying some significant gaps at every tranche or phase along the value chains that that support and drive this industry, as well as others. And and that's important. We need to go through that progression so we can better inform and hopefully influence decision makers to do the right thing and not to just simply treat symptoms in perpetuity, but get to the the heart of the root problems that are constricting growth and development within these key industries and thus our broader economy here in the Metro Vancouver region. In terms of global economic development, are you starting to see some trends on how other regions are positioning clean tech or similar type fields? Well, I, I think Listen, and, and I hold the perspective, and I think it was Yuval Noah Harari who said that economic development is the most important driver of humanity that the world has ever known. And, and I, I agree with that view. And so I'm very heartened to see that economic development across the globe, especially in the sophisticated regions that have developed their economies well, has become much more sophisticated. And so, yes, I'm seeing a number of regions that look to their industrial specializations and competencies and value propositions which within clean tech and, and other industries and have played to those strengths and have moved beyond the more, uh, I, I guess I would call it industrial age or antediluvian beginnings of economic development that primarily focused on 
the transactional aspects of economic development. So just business retention, expansion, and attraction, which while incredibly important, doesn't fully encompass or embrace the the broader mission and normative mandate of economic development in a postmodern economy, especially when you're talking about clean tech and, and the green economy with long gestation periods to market penetration and even commercialization. And that's really capital intensive. We're talking a a long game here. And the regions that are are doing best in clean tech realize that and do more than just uh, try and attract strategic investment uh, and some of the other transactional aspects, but have a broader strategy program and implementation actions for how they build and drive this industry in their economic regions. Closing up my last couple of questions here, what does success look like for you? And at what point will you say, you know, David's work here at Invest Vancouver is done? Well, I I think that most importantly, changing the thinking about what regional economic development can be. And I I spoke a little bit about the, the broader, bigger, more comprehensive mandate of economic development uh, in a postmodern digitized economy. And, and I think it's really important there. There's so much at stake that if we get this wrong, we're going to get it really wrong. Uh, so I think that's number one, that getting people to think differently about the promise and prowess of economic development here regionally. And it does entail a lot more than transactional pursuits and, and ribbon cuttings. Second, you know, I, I think that that we'd like to see, uh, you know, further development in these key export-oriented, innovation-intensive, growing, and competitive industries in which we have productive or strategic advantages. That's why we're here. We want to play to our strengths. We want to build these mature industries in which we have deep concentrations and and competencies versus the rest of the world. We want to further develop and grow and strengthen our emergent competencies and and specializations. And we also want to better evolve those industries that uh, are perhaps contracting, uh, but in in some cases, such as mineral extraction and some other industries that are sitting on treasure troves of of IP and uh, other intangible assets that we could use to better evolve those industries rather than just giving up on them. And, And finally, we'd like to see this region become uh, a world leading researcher, engineer, builder, designer, creator, and exporter of solutions uh, to advance humanity, not just a profligate consumer of the products, processes, technologies, and services that drive these solutions, but we want to be everything else that we just don't want to lean on our consumer market here, but we want to be an advanced export oriented economy that's selling these world leading products and services all over the world and bringing that prosperity wealth back into our region within our economy that serves our 2.7 million residents living here and depending on that economy. Thank you so much, David, for your incredible insight and expertise into economic development. I personally think you are a breath of fresh air in pushing the boundaries. Let's think outside of the box, not only from a how 
and a what, but a who. Obviously, the SDGs are critical to some of these conversations. We have so many uh, critical stakeholders uh, from all backgrounds and walks of life that need to be integrated into these conversations. And I think that you're taking a bold, progressive approach that is really going to work to position uh, Metro Vancouver as a leader where we have those competencies. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and rate and review on iTunes. Plus, you can join us next week when we're back with Steve Liang, the CTO of SensorUp. We're going to discuss everything Internet of Things and how they are using data to tackle climate change. I'll see you there. To learn more about Foresight's programs, events, and more, visit us at foresightcac.com or follow us on social at foresightcac.com.